0: Thing you know, we're in the business of going fast, and so are the teams. And um, you know, they push it to the absolute limits, and sometimes over it. And that, that's what happens.
1: And the full credit to Shane; he just just merged into the into the family as if he'd been there all along. I was embarrassed for that race to restart in Tasmania. Stuff like that that just isn't acceptable. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars.
2: Hello, and welcome to Inside Supercars. I'm Tony Whitlock. Motor racing is an interesting sport that brings together people from all sorts of backgrounds. This week, we introduce you to Mick Caruso, who is not only the father of Michael, but has an interesting motorsport career since he arrived in Australia. Join us after the break for Mick Caruso talking to Craig Ravel.
1: Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. you know. Through the years, a lot of reference this race as one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task.
1: Uh, we were able to beat the two-level two level to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to up um, take the win off so was So, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptor family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.
0: Whilst you get used to seeing race drivers in supercars and coming up through the ranks, sometimes you don't know where they came from, but for Michael Caruso... It was almost inevitable he had to go motor racing. Mick Caruso, your, your son's done extremely well with his opportunities in racing.
2: Yeah, yeah, he, you know he did start rising in karts, Um and we, you know we knew one day he could make it. You know, believe it on him, he, he, you know he can get somewhere, and that's how we'll put the effort into it. You know, but you
0: got the motorsport bug early. And we are involved in motor racing. Where did that all, where did your involvement in motorsport and motoring all come from?
2: My involvement come from in 71. I, when I got here to Australia, I, I, I got to know Kevin Butler, uh, living close by us in Manly and we just have a chat one day and I saw the rice cars there and um, I said to him, "Oh you need a hand?" And he said, yeah, come with us. So we went to call the Parkway with 5,000. <laughs> and this is my start my career. <laughs> so you were a motor mechanic when uh, you came over yes. from overseas? Yes. Started, yeah. I started Actually, H- I Never finished my apprenticeship out of there. I finished my apprenticeship here in Australia. Uh, so I only was 17 when I got here.
0: So what cars were you working on in Italy?
2: Oh, uh, Vespis. 500. <laughs> 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 yeah. only, the, only, really the only car I was at the time there, like... 600 yeah. Fiat, yeah, yeah
0: and then you come over here why why Australia why did you pick Australia
2: um why Australia the where I come from it was a smaller smaller town and it was not real opportunity for a lot of work and it has young guys said why don't you try to go to Australia or America and I just pick Australia and I I just got, you know, I got my switch cars, and I'm coming to Australia. So, a lot of, you meet Kevin, start going to call the park. I went to call the park. It was a Kevin and the other person who was with Kevin was at Glen Abbey. He was the chief mechanic there, and we started working at five thousand, you know, like, and I had been for a while, for oh, probably two or three years, and then I. Um, Still working, you know, has a job, and I take off on Friday, and we just go racing meetings. Um, and after, you know, the ran a bit ID ID one ID ID twos. I um, I worked for somebody else as a workshop. Uh, name was Bobby Tindall. He was involved in motorising, and we started working. Build the Rush car, so we built his Torana, an X. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, he he had a uh, Holden 3080 engines yeah. in there and didn't have enough horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> and because I knew Kevin, uh, I said to him, oh, he's got a shave for sale. And we bought the shave from Kevin and we put it in a, in a Torana. And, uh, and I worked for Bob for about uh, probably six, six years. Mm-hmm. Then I build my own car, and I started sports then. them, mm-hmm. and then it all started. <laughs> and what was your, what was your specialty? Because I know you do a lot with engines,
0: but we when you first started, were you more a chassis and suspension person, or you you played with nah, any part of it?
2: We just play any part with it, you know. Like uh, so I'm the repair the car, you know. Just do uh, Everything was was possibly done on on a car, you know, for the week the right weekend. And then we take it back to the workshop and we prepare for the next r- round.
0: So you start your own, you get your own car. You build my own car. What, why the why the move to doing it yourself?
2: Well, because I always like motor racing, mm-hmm. and I said oh, I want to have a drive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and the only way I can have a drive has to have my own car. <laughs> and I just bought a, um, an old uh, two-door Falcon and I converted to sports then. Mm-hmm. And I did everything myself, an engine, engine. Suspension, gearbox, I used to do everything myself. Um,
0: and sports sports sedans were like the outlaws back then. It that, was whatever you wanted to do, you could pretty much do
2: it. That's all right. It was like outlaw. you do anything with it. Bigger motors, big brakes, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people used to build a smaller car with the big engines, and we just used to race it. You know, like, it was good fun, you know, like, and learn a lot. We did learn a lot. I did that to 89. But well, then between that I got married and I had kids and, you know, like, had my own workshop but then. Um, then we had Michael. He started to grow up and uh, he used to play soccer. And he come home one day and said do you want to play soccer anymore? I said, well, what are you going to do? He said, I want to go gal car racing. I said, beauty. <laughs> <laughs> and what I did, I put my car away and we went gal car racing. That's how it all started. Yeah.
0: Now... Michael was pretty good at the go-kart racing Is he a better driver than you?
2: Oh yeah <laughs> I wish I was a good driver like him then
0: <laughs> <laughs> And he won A number of championships And took him overseas in, Indeed to race in America
2: Yes we did Actually the whole thing started with America We to, like, When he won the uh, Junior International Championship here in Australia We were supposed to go to Monaco Grand Prix Go-karts Only the champion had the champion to race over there <laughs> And somewhere, on the system, they lost our paperwork, and we couldn't go there. And, and we got to talk to um, Bruce, his name was, there, was there, uh, in charge of the cutting, walled cutting. And we said, look, we're supposed to come there, but we couldn't come there, lost the paperwork. And he said, okay, he said, you can come to North America, Charlotte, and you can rise over there. And, and that's where we went and anyway I went down and ended up a win on the weekend and we bought you know a big trophy home, back at home and it was all good you know, like, you know good time And yeah.
0: he what's it like seeing your son progressing like that and knowing how difficult it is to make a career in motorsport because as you said and as you knew it takes a lot of money to be successful in motorsport or it takes a, uh, an extraordinary driver to be seen
2: to make it through the stages, oh, you know, like it's very hard. You know, like you know, it's hard now, and used to be even harder before. Um, it's not easy, um, but you have to. If you believe on yourself, and you just got to keep it going, you know, you eventually make it if you, you know, if you're good enough, you know. Um, it was a you came from an, an outlaw
0: type of motor racing series like the super sedans, but I believe karting in America.
2: Is every bit as ruthless as Cutthroat in America? Like when when there was complete, it was you know, like it wasn't easy. Like uh, not just America, we had at uh, the weekend there. We we had all the European uh, manufacturer there, like a uh, Tony Kart, CIG, PCR. They all had uh, five or six drivers. You know, Tony Kart had uh, it took a uh, twelve drivers there, and we the only one one one. <laughs> we took our own engine from here on backpack. Yeah, <laughs> I carried the engine. On my back, you know, in, in today, America, you know, from here. And they, they uh, a few people even said to you, you need to watch the cart like a hawk. Oh, yes, because, you know, it's, it's, it's a long story when you you, you, you know, like we went to warm up in the morning before the rise and we used to have a starter mode to start the, the carts because they've got clutches and we used to leave the starter mode on the fence when we went back to start the race, somewhere the battery was flat, <laughs> <laughs> and we we lost about 10 position on the start because we couldn't we couldn't get it started. Um, and we actually we we end up the first race within we, you know, we end up finished 12, I think it was at the time, um, where we started third yeah, on, on 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 the second row, because the battery was flat. We had a bit of trouble, and anyway. I, talking to some people there, you know, American people. And they said, Mike, he said, you better check everything. He said, you know, like, keep an, keep an eye all weekend. And, like, the person, the marshal was there. He said, hey, you have to keep ev- keep and look. Don't leave nothing in the rain. He said, because, you know, you're not going to find. They're going to do things, you know. Even when we won, the person on the skull, he said to me, Mike, sure you check all your tags? He said, chassis tags, muffler tags, Indian tags. Um, don't live with the card. I missed the the podium because I had to stay with a card. And just make sure no one did anything at all that would exclude you later. That's all right. Make sure everything. You know, we're not going to. You know, lose it because somebody else did something. Something. You know, it was was the best thing that ever happened. Like, you know, we really we really enjoyed that we're going went there. You know. It's twenty years since then. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty years ago. That's yeah, all right, Yes.
0: yes. Uh, uh, did. Uh...
2: My memory is slipping, but I think, did you also go to Japan after that? No, no, we never oh. went to Japan okay. after that. Um, uh, we, we come back here in Australia, and then after that, we did, uh, we did some rising here for Jim Morton Tony Card um, for another, about, I think it was another year, um, and, and then after that, the only other cut we did, we did a Ford to Mexico Challenge when we won the, the, the drive for of wood. That was a difficult time too, making that transition. Oh yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, because I think I feel sorry for Michael, I'm say because really we lost a um, we lost a time with his career because I was the the first generation here in Australia and we didn't really know a lot of people around. You know, you you know you knew some people, but not really people in the right place and. It took us a while to people get to know, you know, till we get into the, you know, into the game. You know, like we had to do everything ourselves. Like we did the Formula 4, they didn't work it out. Then we, I bought my own Formula 3 cars. And we had, we, the second year we got the car, we won the championship. Then after that, there was, things started to get a little bit better. With the people that get to know and then you, people knew how good he gonna, he was going to be. And people started talking to us and you know like um, and, and after we won the championship the year after, um, we, we did a couple rides with the young lines. Mm-hmm. That didn't work out either. <laughs> um, anyway, and we lost the year actually. Then the next year uh, Jim Morton he contacted me and, and, and asked me if I want to run uh, uh, Fijut's car. Into the, into the, well, like a Dunlop city is now. Um, and I said, yes, if you put, make it for dry yeah, I'll, I'll look up I'll prepare they can and look up. And that's how it all started, we, to get into the eight supercars.
0: So y- you've been doing everything predominantly out of Sydney. And, of course, then the time comes that he gets his break with Gary and has to move away down to Melbourne.
2: Yes, um, you know, we you know Pretty uh, happy about Gary, you know. I got to thanks Gary because he, he gave him a chance to get into the V8, you know. Um, you know, it a, Gary, it was you know good, you know, a good person. Like the young kids get into, you know. Um, and he had to move it to Melbourne. Well, had to make the decision to move it to Melbourne. We just um, took him to Melbourne, <laughs> and since he's been since there, like 11 years now in, in Melbourne. For
0: yourself you raced at a time where you knew every nut and bolt on the car you knew what the car would do because you talked to the driver or you sat in the car and you felt it it's a very different world motorsport now isn't it?
2: Oh, it is a very completely different world, I used to prepare the car, I used to build the cars um, I used to ride cars um, when he started racing car it was just the transit legend between me and him I knew how how good the car been prepared, and when we used to have a problem, we you know like I can go straight back and find out that what actually, if we had any problem. Um, and Michael, over the years to the car and everything, is a very uh, talented person tell you what the car doing. Like he knew what he wanted, and then when he got it, he wanted it. It was not problem, you know, like.
0: But nowadays, it's all data, or it's all numbers and uh, computers.
2: Yeah, our day now it's all yeah. Data, computers, numbers, uh, lines—it's <laughs> completely different story, you know.
0: When the when you look at the engineering now, how how different is it, or how much the same
2: do you actually think it is? Oh, it's, it's a really complete—it's completely different. Um, I think it's, sometimes I would rather now going back to the old things where the driver's got to set the car up. They can't look on the computers. You can't see the data what they're doing you know but now it's you know we're going to have to move forward because the new you know new generation and new people and, and that's the way it is you know
0: as a sport do you enjoy the motor racing you watch now compared to even what you watched when you were involved with Kevin
2: um oh I think you now because I I still I that's why I'm here I enjoy motor racing I, it's just been in my in my head in my blood probably you know like I i do anything for motorizing. i go to watch, you know, like I enjoy coming here and I'd watch Mike and, you know, be here. You know, like, I really always enjoy motorizing, you know, like... What was your biggest success as a driver? Me as to drive myself, uh, my biggest thing was just go there and race it. Go fast, you know. Um, I even race here, sports and a batist. Uh, two years, you know. Uh, first year, I had a crash on Forest Elba. <laughs> <laughs> but then we come back the next year. It just, you know, like to go fast that's how you know how motor, I think a uh, driver you know they just want to go fast to see how they challenge was this the favourite track? Um, yeah I, I, I like the track yeah yeah. Oh. what was your favourite? oh actually my rule of i was Amaru Park
0: uh-huh.
2: you know um, nice circuit uh, we rushed there a lot Amaru Park and Oran Park but Amaru Park was my favourite nice and close to home yeah close oh one hour drive <laughs> we used to work up to saturday uh, lunchtime we used to put the car on the trailer and go out there and practice <laughs> not anymore
0: <laughs> it it seems like every race is a week or well, that's what it feels like at times yeah that's right yeah <laughs> what about for michael what's been has his achievements given you uh, more thrill than some of yours
2: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I like look. I really enjoy um, being with Michael and do everything with Michael. It just has been, a, you know, a longer journey. But you know, I really did enjoy. It, you know, I still enjoy now the Michael. You know, no doubt. I, I won't change anything. But you
0: know. it's been a pleasure to talk to you. All the very best, and uh, look forward to catching up with you over in the uh,
1: months and years to come.
2: Thanks very much. I hope I see you on a podium. Each week, join the
1: Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. And, you know, every, every year I see Jackie's the Grand Prix and I just remind myself... Of, of his part in, in starting the, the path to safer cars. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion.
2: Jack Brabham certainly left his mark, not only on Australian motorsport, but motorsport all around the world.
1: Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. On next week's Inside Supercars,
2: a second generation speaks about his third generation. Let's John Blanchard looking at Tim's career. Yeah, I did a couple of years with Tony Longhurst and the BMW Benson Hedges team. But, uh, yeah, that all ended with uh, the event of uh, the supercars. So. Yeah. It's certainly a fascinating family, and we hope you'll join us again on Inside Supercars.
1: The Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au